I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. Luck as falls and attack positions. Prepare for battle! Autobots, roll out! Get ready, it's your weekly dose of nerd culture. All wings report in. With your crew, Obi-John Kenobi. Hello there. Commander Scott. Nothing amazing about it. I know this ship like the back of my hand. Julian. You tell him I'm coming! And hell's coming with me, you hear? And the Doc. Great Scott. Movies, TV, streaming, video games, comic books, board games, toys, collectibles, cosplay, conventions. If it's happening in the world of geekdom, we're talking about it. So lock and load, bag and board, and roll for initiative. We've got your... Hello there, it's Obi-John Kenobi, your favorite host in all of podcastum, and holy crap, did you see that trailer? Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, I should introduce the rest of my cast. Uh, we're going to get right into some awesomeness today, because uh, if your news feed is anything like my news feed, all it's been since Sunday is Godzilla vs. Kong, but I'm going to get ahead of myself. Uh, I can't properly break down how amazing this trailer is and get you hyped for it without the rest of my crew. Starting with my right-hand man, uh, he puts the nerd in top nerdy to me. He, um, see, I didn't prep for this, so I'm going to make up random kaijus. He's the Mothra of the show because it takes some random Japanese twins singing a song to coax him out of his cocoon. Commander Scott. <laughs> You sure it's not just because I'm attracted to bright lights and like to electrocute myself? That's a much better intro, actually. Go with that instead. <laughs> um, so I, I, recently, <laughs> I learned something interesting uh, a couple days ago. I thought <laughs> you were going to say a few minutes ago when we made you watch the trailer. <laughs> yeah, no, no, a couple days ago. Uh, a factoid. Do you, do you know what a factoid is? Is it a flash fact? No. Oh, then no. You've not heard the word factoid? Several times. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, you just said it like three times. Yeah. Okay. Well, what, what is it? What's a factoid? In, in your opinion? It's a little fact. A little fact. Yeah. A little snippet, like a insignificant or trivial fact, right? Yeah. Yeah. That is not what the word originally meant. Uh-huh. That, that is not what a factoid was coined for. So a factoid originally was an assumption or speculation that was fictitious or unsubstantiated repeated often enough to be accepted as a fact. But it's actually untrue. It was coined in 1973 by Norman Mailer in his dramatized biography of Marilyn Monroe. He chose the suffix oid from the Greek eidos, which means shape of or appearance of. <clears throat> Such as, like an android has the appearance of a human, but is not human. An asteroid has the appearance of a star. Of an ass? But oh. is not a star. Um, so a factoid, the way he coined it, has the appearance of a fact, but is not a fact. It is actually not a true statement. Now, 
the 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 misuse of the word factoid as a small snippet of fact has become used so uh, repetitiously that it's accepted as that. That's actually its second definition now. Um, so a factoid is in fact a uh, factoid. Yes, exactly. There you go. <laughs> nice. Let's see what you did there. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you Commander Scott. <clears throat> now we all can one-up our friends with knowing what a fat what actually means. And that's what it's all about, is one-upping your friends. And speaking of one-upping your friends, uh, please clear the floor for the uh, 20-story gorilla with a battle axe that is the Doc joining us from somewhere in time and space. Let them fight. <laughs> Let them fight. That's all I can think of. Every time, every time watching that preview. Let them fight. He would have enjoyed that. I really don't think they can stop them. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, they, they Shanghai, they Shanghai King Kong to get him to come fight. So I don't think they're trying to stop him. I think it's the opposite in this one. So like, here, 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 fight them. Here. Great. <laughs> you won't leave you around? Fine, we'll drag you here. Uh, somebody uh, photoshopped that image where Kong is laying down on the boat and, like, passed out and, like, his hands hitting the water. <laughs> they photoshopped a red solo cup in his hand and <laughs> said, Kong, party too hard. Nice. Yeah. Uh, uh, we are, our powers combined, we are the Mecha Godzilla that is Nerd Alert. Uh, thank you for joining us this week. Uh, if you haven't picked up on all my super subtle references, uh, we're pretty jazzed about that Godzilla versus Kong trailer that hit on Sunday. Um, in fact, it's inspired today's topic, which is basically going to be what are the coolest like showdowns uh, in movies and comics and video games and whatever other media you just to pick from uh in honor uh of at least me and the doc being super hyped for godzilla versus kong uh and i think it's now that scott has seen the trailer he's appropriately hyped for it as well yay super super hyped super duper <laughs> i can tell uh so who wants to kick things off with your uh, it sounds like jay does i do i will I'm gonna, okay. I'm going to start this party off right. Okay. Do it. All right. Who, I mean, who doesn't love giant monsters, right? I mean, you got your Godzillas, you got your King Kongs, you got your uh, uh, King Ghidorah, right? Yeah. Your Batras, your Mothras, your Rodans. Right. You got it all. You got it all. Okay. But what what is missing from a lot of those movies? Plot. No, 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 don't worry, Scott. Plot's out the window with this first oh, pick. Okay. <laughs> don't <laughs> even worry about those for plot. <laughs> oh, don't even worry about plot with what I'm about to say. Next is going to be like well-developed <laughs> human characters. <laughs> <laughs> right? Who that? But really, what is missing from all those giant monsters? Uh, okay, I'm going to put myself in your headspace, and I'm going to say... Either more giant monsters or giant robots with guns on them. Giant robots with guns on them, obviously. Ah, I knew it. Okay, okay. <laughs> and so, what does what 
does giant robots with guns versus giant monsters better than what is my favorite I'm going to shut my brain off and enjoy this movie movie Pacific Rim Uh, hell yes man when this trailer dropped for Pacific Rim I was like so jacked because I growing up and being the age I was in like when Terminator or not Terminator but when uh, Transformers came out and you're like awesome giant transforming robots I'm excited about the giant robot part of this and what we got was not giant transforming robots. Yeah, there were robots that transformed. But, like, when I get a movie like that, I want it to do what it says on the box. Pacific yeah. Rim <laughs> does what it says on the box. Jay wanted giant 80% giant robots, 20% Shia LaBeouf, and that movie was the exact opposite ratio of that. Exactly. And you want giant robots fighting giant monsters? Pacific Rim gives that to you in spades man it's just... <laughs> like five minutes in it yeah. does not waste time it's like the opening scene like the opening sequence of that movie in itself is like oh giant kaiju it just took out the golden gate bridge which by the way i want to see the movie about the governor not the governor the mayor of san francisco constantly having to lobby to get funding to replace the golden gate bridge <laughs> uh but, you know, you start out with a bang and then all of a sudden you're tossed into this whole giant robots versus kaiju thing. And, like, it's awesome. It's just awesome. And the whole, the rest of the movie is that. You're strapped in for that ride. Don't worry right. about plot. Don't worry about great acting. Unless it's Idris Elba. Uh, Which, I mean, he's great in everything. So Right. Just, you know, shut your brain off and watch the giant freaking robot rocket punch a giant creature from another world. Just rocket punch him in the face a couple of times. Can, you, I, can I attempt to pinpoint the part in that movie where it went from like a solid 10 to all the way to 11 for you, Jay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Because it's, it's going to be one word. <laughs> Uh, the part where they're fighting, uh, I forget the is, is it knife head, the big city fight, and they're they're like all tapped out. Or what do we got left? And then uh, what's her name hits the button that just says sword. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, that cranked it to like eleven for me. And then you're just like, it's got a fucking sword in it. We had that the whole time. Why weren't you just using this every time? Why didn't we lead with that? For you, this pulse can that takes half an hour to charge, just hit the sword button. <laughs> I think this guy's dead, but I don't know. I've seen it happen before. Let's check for a pulse. Yep, no pulse. Uh, no, dude, uh, yeah, that was one of those it, it, written and directed by Guillermo del Toro, so you know it's going to be visually stunning because he doesn't make a movie that's visually boring. But you, I feel like Guillermo del Toro was Jason LePage in the making of that movie where it's like all my life. I've wanted to see movies <laughs> where they deliver on the cover <clears throat> and you just get giant robots fighting monsters like it's an anime for two hours. And every movie has failed me. But no more! I will deliver it. <sighs> I, I, I have to rewatch this movie because I did not care for it the one time that I saw it. Oh, Scott. Uh, you just, Scott, you just need to turn brain you, turned on. Yeah. Well, so... Keep in mind, I'm going to preface this. I've only seen this movie once. 
But what I remember when I watched it, I'm, I was just so they get to the part with the robots, and the robots have to have twins to pilot them. Not twins. Not, not twins. No, it's just people who are drift compatible. Yeah, there's too okay. much of a neural load for one person yeah. to pilot it yeah. individually. As I and believe their yeah. justification. Yeah, and siblings make it easier because they That's are right. related. That's right. Siblings. It was. I knew there was a sibling connection for some odd reason. I had it in my head that it was twins, but yeah, because it takes two to share the neural load, the neural interface. Yeah, it takes two, baby. Yeah. Yet they're they're still in a physical mechanism that that the robot is mimicking their motions. The the neural link is just linking both of their minds to one set of actions. Correct. So, so why couldn't they just pare it down to just one set of controls? Because Guillermo del Toro wanted it to be two people. Yeah, and it makes no sense. And that's the only reason I can give you. Yeah, I know. It, it just it didn't make sense to me. I, I saw that, and they gave that little flimsy throwaway line excuse, and I'm like, eh, it doesn't. I mean, now if they were just sitting in a control environment, that and it was just fully thought patterns that was doing it, like it was a holographic interface or something, I could kind of get by that. But it's still physical motion. They just have to have both people in tune to do the same motion at the exact same time. I'm like, that seems overly complicated. You, you could get away with that by just having one set of controls. Um, or I think I would have liked it much better if it was like, if, if, if the, a robot of that size was crew served, you know, you had a, a pilot, a weapons officer, maybe a co-pilot or a navigator, a crew, three, four, five, right. something like that. I, I think it would have been better. But then you wouldn't have had this whole weird, unnecessary subplot of the main character whose brother or sister or whatever it was had gotten killed. And brother tragically died. Tragic. Yeah. It was tragic. Yeah. Let's, let's just the guy go. we knew for all of like a minute and a half. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so the guy whose name we can't even remember that guy. And then, yeah. and then while I will grant you there are a few good robot fighting scenes in this movie, a couple. I was also upset that at least half of the fights in this movie fall into one of the things that I don't like that happens all too often in monster movies is Hey, let's make it really dark and rainy and hard to see shit because about half the fights in this movie take place at sea where half the robot is submerged and it's dark and stormy for some odd damn reason. There's a whole fight in a city. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. And then there's like a fight in the Arctic at the beginning. <laughs> I, I think. I just... That's the second one. Okay, my bad. Yes, which yeah. is which is terrible. I still watch it. Okay, look, the second let's get the, the second one's not as good because what was gonna be because it wasn't Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. That being said, uh, we get more monsters fighting giant robots, and we yeah. get more Charlie Day. So yeah. I have no problems with that at all. I would I would rather watch Pacific Rim two than ever watch the Power Rangers reboot because yeah. Pacific Rim two was a better Power Rangers movie. Yeah. True. 
Very true. Yeah, I said it's a bond, and you know it's true. It's Sorry. very true. Sorry, it's a raw nerve. See, so, Scott, I think the problem is that your brain was on too much. Well, I, it, it, <laughs> I know that, it, that when you're watching movies, you do that's okay. But really, with Pacific Rim, you just need to turn off any sort of logic. I'm, and, I'm with you, Scott. And science. When they got into all that drift compatibility shit, I was kind of like, "That's that's dumb. That, that's stupid. I don't like that." But I was I was uh, sufficiently distracted when they dangled the keys of monster fights in front of my face again that I was like, "Oh yeah, I don't care about that anymore." These fights, he punched the monster with a rocket <laughs> fist. That was cool. <laughs> What's well, all that shit about drift compatibility? A... I, I don't know. He used the ship as a baseball bat. That was awesome. Did you guys see that? Did you see that what? Australian robot? It's got a cannon in his chest. That was cool. Oh, oh God. The Russian a... one looks like a, uh, uh, a silo. That's cool. Yeah, the, 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 the Chinese three, one has triplets. Three so. arms. Triplets, yeah. yeah. That was another thing. Give us all these teases of all these robots and everything that everybody's built and stuff. You know, we never actually really get to see them all in use. I will agree with that. Uh, I would love to see a prequel movie where it's like the height of the Jaeger program when there's like, you know, two dozen Jaegers operating at the same time and they're all like different built with cool functions. Like, give me that. Because we only see like this movie, the majority of it takes place when the the Jaeger program is in mothballs. And then the second movie when it's pretty much the same thing. It's like, okay, here's, here's a few more advanced ones, but you get like four, I think. Like, okay. give me the, the, yeah, like you glossed over the coolest part of that story. Yeah, I, I mean, yes, I'm with you guys that it would have been cool to see more of them in action, but I'm sorry, Gypsy Danger is my favorite and will always be my favorite. Yeah, it's no Eureka Striker, but it's okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, I love, I, I love Giant Robots. Uh, one of my favorite cartoons growing up was the uh the the anime as it was titled here in, in the u.s transor z uh and you know transor z was great aphrodite a was great especially because she had titty missiles you know? <laughs> uh, and everything uh and i really wanted to like it and and the reason why i really wanted to like it was because I, I thought if this movie could do very well at the time i thought this uh, we might finally be able to get an actual decent or an actual Robotech movie live action. That, of course, didn't happen. Once again, when it comes to Robotech, I'm going to blame Minmay because she's. <laughs> it, I hate anything about Minmay. I feel like Minmay is just a go to for it. Is there any problem with Robotech? Blame Minmay. Blame Min-Mei. It's somehow it's her fault. It's all Minmay. Well, well, Jay, have you ever watched Robotech? I don't think so. Oh my god, Jay! Well, uh, right after, right after Crawl, you start okay. watching Robotech. You're gonna—it's it's one of those cartoons, Jay. Because I didn't see it until a few years ago. But it's one of those cartoons where you're gonna watch it and be like, "Why did I never see this when I was five? Like yeah. this would have been the coolest thing in the world." And you really only need to see the saga. Yeah, uh, just watch the first series. Skip the next two. Uh. Well, the third one is okay with the Invid. It's okay. I don't care for the second one. Skip the, the second two. Just watch the first one. It's the coolest and one. I, I still haven't seen the latest one that came out, Shadow Shadow Chronicles. Nah. I haven't seen that one yet. Well, listen. Any Until I get my live-action Gundam movie, I'm going to stick with 
Pacific Rim and be happy with Gundam giant or robots. Gundam Wing. Gundam, Gundam Wing, obviously. Heavy arms. Oh, mini guns. So many mini guns. Afternoons in 1998 in one of our basements watching Toonami. Sorry, I just I just got a visual of heavy arms from Endless Waltz where he's got four <laughs> four mini guns. Guns on guns on guns on guns. Ah, heavy arms was my favorite. <laughs> it was a mech designed by Jason. It's true. <laughs> Somebody tapped into my brain and went, "What does this guy want? He wants mini guns." No, he doesn't. He wants two. No, no, no. He wants four. By the way, it's got mini guns in its chest. Oh my god. Yeah, the, uh, the 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 whole the whole Gundam saga I've not seen. Oh, so I don't really know the difference between Gundam and Gundam Wing. Uh, we're or... mostly familiar with Gundam Wing because it was on Cartoon Network when we were of a certain age. Uh, I couldn't tell you where in the Gundam saga it falls, but it has five or six five. specific. Well, I was including Tall Geese. Yeah. Uh, specific Gundams. Um, that are not in other series, I don't believe. Yeah, I've never seen the original Gundam, so I don't know. It's something I'm yeah. to get to. There's a lot of them. Anyway, uh, yeah, I got, no, I got us on a great, giant robot tangent. Sorry, but hey, great first pick, dude. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback on that real quick. Um, scale down a little bit. But keep the robot idea. Um, maybe modify it a little bit. Because I'm talking uh, a smackdown of cyborgs, if you will. Um, <clears throat> this was a comic book. It became a video game that I'm pretty sure me and Jay played. Uh, it, sadly, it never came to fruition as a movie. Although now, maybe, because uh, both of these franchises are kind of dormant. So maybe this will be the thing to kick it off. Uh, I'm talking about... Robocop versus Terminator. Ah. Um, it was, uh, I believe there were two, maybe three different comic book series from Dark Horse uh, written by uh, Frank Miller that gave a whole story to it. Uh, it became like four or five different video games across different platforms, but they all sort of had different level design. Uh, there, there was an SNES, an NES, and a Genesis version that I know of because um, I believe at one point I played all three of those. It's just one of those things where you say it out loud and it's like, okay, I didn't know I wanted that, but now that you've said it, I want that. Uh, I, I think the the RoboCop and Terminator universes easily support uh, a cra- cross-platform uh, functionality of uh, you know, easy ways to have the two of them cross over. I think in the original comic, it's discovered that uh, OCP and, and RoboCop's programming was used to eventually create Skynet. So they send Terminators back to like kidnap RoboCop to get the programming or something. I don't know. Uh, Terminators get sent back through time and then, you know, wibbledy wobbledy timey wimey things happen and RoboCop ends up in the future war uh, with the human resistance fighting against the Terminators because you want to see a battle damage RoboCop dual wielding plays phase plasma pulse rifles taking out terminators um, so yeah i i they're fun comics it's fun video games i would love to see them as a movie it would be a pretty sweet movie 
the Terminator franchise has pretty much killed itself. I know we keep talking about RoboCop updates, but they never quite seem to happen. Um, so maybe this could be the project to, to breathe some life into both of those. Only if Peter Weller comes back. I will agree to Peter Weller coming back as the voice. I don't think we need him in the suit. We need him in the suit. He could be in the suit from the shoulders up. No, we need him in the suit from the waist down. Wait, whoa, whoa. What movie are you making, Scott? Whoa. With the little... No, Scott, Robocop, not (laughs) Robocock. So Peter Weller naked from the waist up with the Chippendales tie, but the helmet still, because the helmet gives it off, you know, it's not going to happen. You know what? I can find that. Sure. <laughs> Robocock. A whole different movie. Whole different franchise. Gee. Good hey, we saw, we saw a preview of it. Robocop 2. <laughs> Jay. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. I can't say it loud. It's too dirty. <clears throat> Dead or alive, you're coming with me. Oh, God. <laughs> All new connotation. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, uh, yeah. No. Yeah, we went there. All right, who's next? Anybody else talk? Scott. Scott. Uh, well, so I, I tell you what, when it, when it comes to, when it came to this topic, uh, I, I kind of, you, everybody there? Are we still good? We're here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I, I heard a pop in my headset. I, I, I didn't know if I lost you. Um, I'm not a big fan of monster movies and I'm not a big fan of crossovers as a rule. Uh, I don't like taking two completely different things and just mashing them up for the sake of, well, we have the license and we can, uh, like, you know, Star Trek versus Green Lantern or some shit, which actually did happen in the comics. So when it came to this topic, me finding, you know, movies and such that were in this vein that I actually liked was a little difficult. But my 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 first pick of movies that I like like this uh, is uh, um, Freddy versus Jason. Nice. Uh, mm. I, it's a corny movie. Um, I love the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. I like the Friday the 13th movies. I'm not a big fan of Jason in these movies or in, in this movie. What did I do to you? Um, <laughs> well, I think he means Jason Voorhees. Oh, oh that guy. Yeah. 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 Had it Freddy versus the doc, you know, it would have been, uh, we're talking Oscars here. Uh, or oh, the banter alone would have been priceless. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love this movie just because it's fun. You know, we we get all the campiness from uh, like nightmares uh, three, four, five, uh, six, uh, uh, and everything. Um, in my opinion, though, it is it is fully uh, a a nightmare on Elm Street movie more than it is a Friday the Thirteenth movie. Uh, partly because Jason. <laughs> They cast a different guy. Uh, of course, Kane Hodder didn't come back. This was, I think, 
the first one that he wasn't in after his reign. Uh, his reign of three terrible movies? Yeah. Hey, it was still a reign. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, he was the only one that did that many in a row. So uh, he's the only, if anyone had a reign, it was him. Um, but this is, so this is the first one. They, they cast a different actor because uh, the, the director wanted Jason to be big and monstrous. And basically, Jason in this movie, as much as I love the movie, is just the Frankenstein monster. That's all he is. He just walks around stiffly and uh, doesn't really do much. Uh, he has some good kills, but when they when they fight, it, it's, it's fun. Um, I mean, you've got, you know... Uh, Freddy, you know when 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 he when he puts Jason to sleep, and he fights him in the dream world. He's just kicking him all over the place and everything. Um, you find out that they 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 add this weird thing that water is Jason's weakness in this one, which was unsubstantiated for the rest. But Friday the Thirteenth never had great uh, story continuity anyway, so it was okay, but. Well, yeah. it's not so much that it's a weakness, it's something he fears. Because, like you said, you've got to give Jason something, or he's just a big stoic guy with a machete and a mask. And and I give him kudos for reaching back into potential Friday mythos and, and looking for anything to use, because the character really is kind of a blank slate. Yeah. Um, but uh, this was the first... Friday the 13th movie and the first Nightmare on Elm Street movie I'd ever seen. Oh, wow. And it uh, it got me hooked on both. So I think it did its job. Yeah. Now, I love Freddy's glove in this movie. Because if you actually look at, you know, uh, decently accurate you know, replicas of the different Freddy gloves from the different movies, the one from Freddy vs. Jason is a tank of a glove. It's big, it's heavy, it's got some of the longest claws that was put on any of them. Uh, uh, and everything. It was just a, it was a massive glove. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was uh, Robert England's least favorite glove that, that he wore. Uh, just because of the size of it? Just because of the size of it. Very <laughs> ugly. But it, it's a tank of a glove, man. It's, it's big and massive. I like nice, nice. Anyway, uh, yeah, this movie came out at a weird time. Uh, you know, there there are literally books written about uh, how this movie came to be and the versions that didn't end up making it. And, um, it's it's a small miracle it exists. Uh, I think it's great. Um, I think you can definitely do worse in both the Friday and Nightmare on Elm Street franchises as far as movies go. Um, I thought it was a, 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 I give them kudos for taking two mythologies that don't necessarily fit together in a way to match them together um, and, and do so um, satisfactorily to the fans. Uh, and, uh, you know, I am not a Kane Hodder guy, so I don't give a shit uh, that Kane Hodder's not in it. Uh, I just want to go on record saying, yes, Kane Hodder was Jason in the most movies, but he's Jason in three of the worst Friday the 13th movies in the franchise. Uh, I think there was a little bit more of a circumstance than, than <clears throat> strictly related to the game, but 
regardless, um, one of the reasons that I, I dislike crossovers where you take uh-huh. two franchises or two of anything and try to put them together is because if the studio or the publisher or whoever is doing their job right, there's no clear, yes, this one wins over this one. They always got to put something in um, to make sure they're not pissing off one whole fandom. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The production can't actually take sides. Uh, and and in this one, uh, we see that very clearly when Freddy is the king dog in uh, the, the nightmare, the dream realm. Uh, but then when they pull Freddy out into the real world, of course, uh, Jason beats the ever-living shit out of him. Uh, but then, at the very end, spoiler, uh, you know, Jason is carrying Freddy's severed head from his victory, and then Freddy looks at the camera and winks. Ha ha, not dead. Yeah. So. We went through I this thought one. it was a pretty good compromise. Yeah. But it's always a compromise. There's there's always something, which is part of the reason why things like, you know, Godzilla versus King Kong doesn't, it's not really going to do much for me because they're going to do the same thing. They're not going to piss off one whole set of fandom. There's going to be some circumstance where you're not going to have a clear victor one over the other. They're, they're going to fight for a while and then something else is going to show up and they got to team up and Godzilla. fight the whatever the big thing is. Or they'll have. Jay, to... Everyone keeps saying Mecha Godzilla. I don't think it's going to be Mecha Godzilla. If you're paying attention to the franchise, I think it's going to be Mecha Ghidorah. That would make sense. What about Mecha Perlman? Mecha what? Mecha Ron Perlman? Mecha Lecha High, Mecha High, Mecha Honey Ho? Sure. Mecca, Mecca Ron Perlman with one If it's shoe. Mecca Ron Perlman, no one stands a chance. Except one, maybe the real Ron Perlman. One shoe. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah, I was, I was going to disagree with Scott, but uh, I could not pull up facts in time. But I do recall, and I'm sure someone will correct me if I'm wrong, in the original king kong versus godzilla there is a definite winner i believe king kong wins the fight and uh to bring up scott's uh tidbit from earlier a factoid remember what that means now uh is that they shot two different endings for that movie Ooh, yeah that's a factoid remember what that means they they didn't shoot two different endings uh, I believe, and again, someone jump on Google or Wikipedia or whatever and correct me. If I did, the common misconception is that they filmed two different endings, and one was screened for American audiences and one was screened for Japanese audiences, but I believe that has been debunked uh, by the, the studio that, no, we only shot one ending. I think they, they may have cut the movie shorter at a certain point uh, to leave it more ambiguous for certain audiences, but they did not film two different endings. Hmm. <clears throat> I was going to look that up, but I didn't. So. I'm looking here. Uh, so, <laughs> dual, the dual ending myth. Uh, hey, I was for, right. For many years, the popular myth has persisted that the Japanese version of this film, Godzilla is the winner. Uh, the myth originated in the pages of Spaceman magazine, 
a 1960s sister magazine to the inf- influential publication Famous Monsters of Filmland. For a minute there, I thought it said Finland. <laughs> There's a very narrow focus. Famous Monsters of Finland, yes. Uh, the article about the films incorrectly stated there were two endings. Uh, the article was reprinted. Uh, da, 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 persisted for decades. Uh, let's see here. This has been researching on air with Nerd Alert. <laughs> uh. Well, Jay, while he's correcting me uh, or making sure I'm not full of shit, uh, what do you got next? So I'm going to dive into the television realm. Oh. Um, for what I would say, John, you and I's. I, I I believe we watched this together, or we were both fans of this series. Uh, short-lived, only ran for three seasons. Incredibly, well, I don't want to say incredibly accurate, but historically accurate. Uh, let's say you wanted to know who would win in a fight, a ninja or a Spartan. Oh. George Washington or Napoleon. A KGB agent or a CIA agent. This TV show was called Deadliest Warrior. Yeah. And every episode, they would take two combatants that would not normally battle each other. You might think, oh, well, they should do like ninja versus samurai. But that was something that would happen. Um, So they took two that would not happen, like a ninja versus a Spartan. And they would actually break down their their equipment, their weapons, if they had armor, how lethal their weapons were, the mm-hmm. tactics that they used. I mean, they went into detail, and then they would reenact it. Well, uh, they took all that data, uh, and, and they wrote an algorithm. Right, and, and they, they would, ran simulations. Yeah, they would run like 100 fights using that algorithm, and then of those 100 fights, which one would come out on top? Yeah. You got yeah. Add, out, yeah. And, and yeah, that, I loved that show. That show was amazing. Yes. Uh, my only complaint was I really wanted to see them do uh, another season where they took the same combatants they'd already used but rematched them. Because, like, the, the, the one fight I really, really wanted to see, and I don't mean, like, rematch the same two, but, like, remix who fought who. So, like, in yeah. season one, they did Knight versus Pirate and I think Samurai versus Viking. I really wanted to see Samurai versus Knight. Yeah. Or Viking versus um, Native American. I thought would have been a cool fight because that conceivably could have happened. Um, but they never, like, they, they would use each one once and they, they, they did one, like, uh, between seasons one and two, they did, like, a championship where they picked their highest ranked, um, um, I think they said ancient fighter and uh, highest ranked. Uh, modern age fighters and repitted uh, the two champions against each other, but they never went back and fully redid like each season uh, with remixing who fought whom. Uh, so I felt they could have gotten an entire second season out of the show, but just with the people had already done, but just remixing who fought whom. They, yeah, I agree. You could have gotten because they had three seasons. You could have ran four seasons for sure. Easy with if you just redid who did what. You know what I mean and. Like, yeah. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. 
that there are matchups that would have been cool to see. Because some of those matchups were a little lopsided. Like, I thought um, Pirate versus Musketeer would have been a more even match because they did Knight versus Pirate. And then yeah. what, what tip that was, well, Pirates have gunpowder. Well, yeah. And Knights, uh, typically, they, they fought as part of an army as well. They, they were, right. you know. Uh, but... And I love this 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 show. It was it was a good show. I like the fact that they actually they did collect data. You know, they, they where possible they did practical tests uh, and measured like how much impact different things would generate. Uh, and all this data was fed into the computer simulation, and that would average out. Like I said, the biggest my biggest complaint for the series and the part of the show that I could have done without uh, was the damn shit talk. Because their so-called experts just fucking shit-talked each other for, like, half the episode. Well, see, I don't mind the shit-talk, but it, a lot of it was, like, these aren't shit-talkers. Like, they were clearly just, just they, like, the producers just fed them a line off-camera, and now they're just repeating it. Yeah. Like, the uh, shit-talking when it's genuine is fun, but... Yeah, see, I don't care for shit talking. I don't. It, it doesn't do anything for me. I, I'm like, oh, okay, you're collecting data. Let's fucking collect data. Let's let's actually, you're you're pre, you're presenting a pseudo scientific approach to this, and I like it. That's got my attention. Now let's play that up. Let's. I I, I don't need these two historians to be like, oh, you're fucking going down. <laughs> no, they're, not, they're not from you know L. A. They're not the they were the fuck the strip or some shit. You know, the hats aren't on backwards. Don't have them talk like that. It's dumb as shit. And I don't need to see out of a, what was it, a half-hour show or an hour show? How long was it? It was like 42 minutes if you kept yeah. the commercials on. I, I don't need to see 16 minutes of, of, of these people attempting, attempting to shit-talk each other. It was just dumb. Uh, my favorite part of the show was definitely the reenactment. Oh, yeah, the reenactment was cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> I always Some of those are hit or miss. That. Yeah, yeah. They definitely work better with the ancient uh, fighters uh, when they can choreograph stuff yeah. versus like the um, yeah they Yakuza get into, like, versus Mafia. Yeah, like those are cool, but like you know we're on a very limited budget. We don't really have a whole lot of stunt performers. We don't have you know like squibs or uh, it, it, it has some technical limitations there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, it was such a genius idea for a show. Such a great concept. Um, and I, I think it was season three they got into more of uh, not necessarily historically based, but more of like specific historic combatants. They did stuff like, you know, Vlad the Impaler, um, William Wallace, like you know, took actual historical figures and like, OK, what would they have used at the time? Which was an interesting way to, to stretch the show. But I was still I was just like, just re just remix what you did for season one. Just, just bring those guys back. Uh, you can even start out with like a quick little recap of when they were on the show last time and how their fight went last time. And then just, you know, get on to stuff like, you know, retesting stuff. Just, just do that again. Yeah. 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 What do I know? Um, so real quick, uh, going back to King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah. Uh, so there were two different endings to this film. Oh, um, the differences are very minor. Okay. So, the ending was altered when it was when it was ported to America for the okay. American version. Uh, so in the Japanese version, uh, as Hong Kong, Hong Kong, 
Take two. As the city of Hong Kong. <laughs> as Kong and Godzilla, they're, they're, apparently they're fighting underwater and there's a small earthquake that occurs. So in the American version, uh, it says here, producer John Beck used stock footage of a very violent earthquake from the 1957 Toho film The Mysterians to make the cinematic earthquake seem far more violent and destructive than it was in the Japanese version. Um, the dialogue is altered. Uh, in the Japanese version, onlookers are wondering if Godzilla might be dead or not as they watch Kong swim home and speculate that it's possible he survived, meaning they left him out in the Japanese version. Uh, in the American version, onlookers simply say, quote, Godzilla has disappeared without a trace, and newly shot scenes of reporter Eric Carter have him watching Hong Kong swim home on a view yeah. screen. Hong Kong? Did I say Hong Kong again? Yeah, did. Hong Kong. Yeah, Hong Kong. The city of Hong Kong is swimming home. Uh, <laughs> and as the film fades to black, uh, Owari, the end, appears on screen. Godzilla's roar, followed by Kong's is on the Japanese soundtrack. This was akin to the monsters taking a bow, saying goodbye to the audience. In the American version, only Kong's roar is present on the soundtrack. So, so there are two endings, but they did not film two different endings. They did they not. just recut. Okay. They just recut and altered a bit for the American audience. Um, See, yeah, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But the Japanese film does have dialogue, which left it open that Godzilla could have survived. Okay. So. All right. There you go. Obi John. Uh, so my next one you may not have heard of. It was a, a direct to video cartoon movie, which kind of had an interesting premise. It, it was kind of like they took two different movies and stuck them together because they kind of had the same hook. Um, it was called Hulk versus. And you basically got two 45-minute animated shorts, one featuring Hulk versus Wolverine. The other one, my personal favorite, for reasons that will be clear in a moment, was Hulk versus Thor. <laughs> yeah, I said Thor, cat, in the background. It's um, not approved for me off. Uh, they were two the, the two stories were not connected at all other than it's Hulk is in both of them uh, but the Hulk versus Wolverine ends up being Wolverine is sent to uh, uh, the Canadian outback uh, because something is ter uh, terrassing around destroying uh, uh, towns and stuff and they think it's the Hulk so it starts with Hulk and Wolverine fighting each other kind of like in, in Wolverine's first appearance in the Hulk comic and that leads into this whole really cool fun Weapon X story where you end up seeing Deadpool's in it uh, before Deadpool was Deadpool. Uh, Omega Red, I think Sabretooth. I haven't watched him in a while. Uh, but it turns into this really cool like Hulk versus Weapon X movie. Uh, really cool, really fun. Uh, it had a much more uh, action movie, uh, gunplay vibe to it. And then the other roughly 45 minutes short is Hulk versus Thor, where Loki uh, takes the Hulk, strips Banner out of the Hulk. So you have a pure rage machine Hulk and lets him loose on Asgard. 
it, it, it's for the long time it was uh, my favorite Thor movie, and, and in many ways is still the most comic book accurate Thor movie Marvel's ever made, uh, because it starts out with Odin going into the Odin sleep after they've defended Asgard from this big invasion, so all the Asgardian forces are already kind of tired out, and then here comes this giant rage machine of Hulk, and you know Thor fights him, and at first he's trying to like you know get to Banner, like Banner, we're friends, calm down, what are you doing? And then he slowly realizes Banner's not in here. This is just the Hulk, and you finally get to see what I've always wanted to see, which is Thor fighting Hulk, neither one holding back. It's awesome. Um, they're both really fun. They're both great as far as they have tones that are completely different but fit for what that subject matter is. Um, you can watch them both in an afternoon. You watch them all together. It's only an hour and a half. Um, and my big note here, Jay, you'll approve of light on plot, heavy on fights. Yay! Enough plot to move the story along and explain why everyone's in the place they are doing the thing they're doing, but uh, we're here for the fights, um, and they're they're both really good. It's got a Rotten Tomatoes score, or a critic score of one hundred, and a fan score of sixty-seven, um, which is criminally low because they're really good. Uh, again, they're they're two very different. Uh, animated Does it segments. do what it says on the box? It's all it is. It is Hulk. And he does, in fact, fight Wolverine and Thor. Good. Not at the same time. Um, oh. oh. They, again, the stories are separate. They don't, they don't link up. They should be. Same time. That might be a little bit to ask. But they, again, uh, on their own, it, it's a great Weapon X story. It's a great Thor story. Uh, Hulk is sort of your... your, your um, yeah, the birds are hard. He's your, he's your way in to both of those universes. Uh-huh. But yeah, really, really fun. If you haven't seen it, I'm pretty sure it's on uh, Disney Plus now. I think they've got the rights. So they might be on Netflix still. I don't know. But it's really fun. Uh, look it up. Give it a watch. All right. Cool. Believe that Commander Scott. Scott. Well, so once again, we're going to deviate from the norm because uh, I just have weird eclectic tastes. Uh, so when it comes to versus movies, uh, the the, the <laughs> I was trying my brain, trying very hard to think of different things that I really liked, and uh, one came up while I was kind of talking, uh, talking it out, you know. So I had to have a heart to heart with myself, I had to talk it through. Um, but uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Ah, <laughs> how did you yeah. miss that one? Love this movie. Ah, oh, so good. Love it. That's my dog Jangers. You leave my dog alone. Ah, God, this movie is great. I, I had not seen this movie until I think maybe late 2019, early 2020. Ah, oh, so and, good. So, and I'm like, how have I never watched this movie? And even today, when I was going back over it because I thought about it, I was like, why do I not own this movie? Uh, but no, this movie was great. I, this is this is one of the few movies watching made me actually laugh out loud at several several places. One of which is, and it still kills me, uh, when the uh, when the sheriff shows up, the sheriff gets shot in the head. You know, he no, he's, he, huh? he he takes a um, a board to the head with the nails. Oh, that's right, that's right. Thank you. Yes, it was a because the cabin cabin's yeah. falling apart. Yeah, yeah. And he's stumbling around. 
Hell, dude, he's no, no, he's okay. He's gonna walk it off. Watch <laughs> the these kids just started killing themselves. This one here threw himself headfirst into the wood chipper. It is a great comedy of errors, which is something you don't see done a whole lot anymore. Yeah, because the whole thing is is predicated on this giant misconception. Yeah, I was like, just about to do my best, Obi John. Oh, be like. It'd be like, oh, well, if you're not familiar with this movie, it basically takes horror movies and puts it on its head and puts you in the perspective of what if you are the hillbillies that are just sort of misidentified and you have all these angsty teenagers who've probably seen one too many scary movies who think that these two guys who are on their lonesome fishing trip are actually the antagonists in the movie. Yeah. How, how's that? Perfect. Uh, and those two rednecks are played by a uh, fan favorite of this show, Alan Tudyk. Yep. Yep. And the other guy's name, I can't remember. Yep. Same here. Never can't remember his name. A guy uh, who's not the doc, but should be. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's my dog, Jangers. You can pet him right on the nose. Bees, <laughs> <laughs> bees, run for your life. Bees. <laughs> Uh, poor right, kid impales himself on the branch. Uh, yeah, I think we found our next cosplay. Yeah, for sure. I will if definitely. If you're ever at Scarefest, we need to be Dale and Tucker. I would definitely do it. You two need to do that. Most uh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Because I can never remember which one's which. Dale is. Tucker is Alan Tudyk, I believe. Dale's the one with the red nose. Uh, Chip is the, uh, the one with the Tom Selleck shirt. Rescue Rangers. Um, now that I said that, you can see the opposite, actually. <laughs> Sorry. <sighs> One wears a leather jacket, and... Dale have... is my father. And... One is Indiana Jones, and the other is Magnum <laughs> P.I. Exactly, yeah. What's not to get? And they're animals, and they solve mysteries. So let's... Yeah. Come on. Get it together. Um, <laughs> God, no, Scott. I'm so glad you brought this up, because I completely forgot about it, and I love this movie. It's a great movie. It just makes me laugh so much every time I watch it. Hey, college kids, we got your friend. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I love that movie. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. Uh, so I, I went online today because I was going to remedy the whole I don't own this movie thing. Ah. Uh, and while looking for a copy of it, uh, I decided to hop on eBay because uh, I like to try and get if if it exists for the movie. Uh, I like to try and get steel books just because uh, I I I'm a sucker for that packaging and I like the the alternate art. And uh, <clears throat> I was able to snag one. I, f- I found one on eBay for like twenty five bucks. Uh, but uh, uh, I, I found one. Somebody on eBay was selling. Just the steel book case. Yep. For $35. Yep. And people will buy it. I'm like, wow. Really? I mean, I mean, if, if, I mean, I can see buying a steel book just the case. Because if you just really like steel books and you don't want to pay $85 or $90 for, you know, like if, if, you know, because sometimes those steel books go for quite a bit of money. Because they're usually limited release. 
their limited release. So, like, if you have one that's going for like eighty or ninety bucks, you know, you can buy the Blu-ray disc, just the standard Blu-ray for ten or fifteen, and the case for twenty. Ah, okay, I can see that. That'd be cool. You just really want to have the case and stuff. But when the movie Steelbook is going for between thirty and forty, and you're selling just the case for thirty-five. Uh, no. no thank I look Steelbook is cool. If I can get a movie in the Steelbook, cool. But I'm not like there are people, and by people I mean Travis, uh, who's listening to this show at some point. Hi, Travis, talking about you. Uh, who will bend over backwards to get the Steelbook version of something? Who will buy a movie multiple times because oh, it's on Steelbook now. I got the Steelbook now. Uh, there are people who are just just giant whores for Steelbook, and I don't get it. Uh, like, yeah, it's a cool thing. And if I can pick up the Steelbook version, I'll get it because it's a sturdier cover. It's going to protect my disc better. But <clears throat> yeah, because there are people out there who will buy just that Steelbook, Scott, for 35 bucks because it's the Steelbook. Um, I like Steelbooks. Uh, like I said, mainly I, I like the alternate art, the, the alternate cover art. Um, and I can't say much because I have two copies of Star Trek Beyond. <laughs> well that's just a great movie everyone should have two copies of that it yeah. is and well you were very kind and you actually picked up the steel book for me um thank oh, you so nice of me because uh, i had pre-ordered the collector's edition which came with a, a miniature of the uh uh, uh no came with a miniature of the uh the the franklin oh okay uh and everything and then they then they announced the steel book and the steel book had that cool <clears throat> uh retro poster art where they took star trek beyond they took uh kirk spock and uh, uh what's her what's her name the, the character i forget the, the the female's character in that yeah, movie i forgot to um anyway they take her and they 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 mimic or homage the star trek the motion picture uh, poster, yeah, Star Trek Beyond. And I'm like, oh, that's just such it's cool fucking art. And then you know, like you said, you were kind enough to pick that up for me, so I thank you. That was so nice of me. Nice. Was- <clears throat> Dylan Tucker versus Evil. It's awesome. I'm pretty sure it's on Shutter right now, so go check it out. Yes, great movie. We back to you then, I believe, Jay. Yeah. Yep. John, I'm going to take you back. All right. It's Friday night. Okay. You're in Dubuque. Okay. There's not a damn thing to do. Nope. I'm probably pining about a girl. Because you're, you're in Dubuque. Yep. You're pining yep. for a girl. Mm-hmm. Have this we already girl... been to the arcade in the mall? Is the mall oh, no. closed? Okay. Just okay. wait. <laughs> this girl, this girl that you're pining for says, hey, me and my friends are going to skate country. Do you want to like at all? Do you want to go? So then, what do you do? You call your best friend Jay. <laughs> hey, buddy, I need a wingman. And drag his ass along. He wasn't doing anything. He doesn't like to skate much. But the mall was closed, so you can't go to the arcade. So what else are you gonna do in town? And skate country, thank the Lord, had <laughs> games in it. Okay. And what games? are better than arcade games. Not many. 
and what arcade games. This is a twofer because okay. both of them are what I grew up on. Now I'm kind of playing loose and fast with the term versus, but you are one versus one in these games. And the two games I'm referring to are Street Fighter 2 and Mortal Kombat. Well, pick one of those, bro. Jeez, getting greedy. I'm sorry. To me they're the to me they're not the same, but they're the same. They're polar opposites of the same yes. coin. Yeah. That's I, a phrase people say. Yeah. I mean, I grew up playing both of these arcade games mm-hmm. in different locations. And there's not much better for a one versus one than, you know, being Liu Kang or being Ken or Ryu or um, Dalsim. Oh, Dalsim. Blanca. Blanca. Jean-Claude Van Damme. I mean, Guile. <clears throat> Sorry. Al <laughs> uh, Julia. Sub-Zero, Scorpion, uh, Johnny Cage. You know, these are all names that you know. Because we five hundred dollars sunglasses, asshole. We yes, because we played these games, and we so did. I just I had to include them when we were going to talk about verses. Because how much time did you spend versing some either the computer or another person playing either Street Fighter Two or Mortal Kombat? I was very knowing to play Mortal Kombat against. I apologize to anyone listening who played Mortal Kombat against me because as soon as I figured out how to do the Scorpion, get over here! That's I just spammed that move over and over and over and over again. Yep, back, back, A. I apologize. <laughs> I see now how knowing I was. I apologize. <laughs> My bad. Sorry. I have since learned a new move, um, so I spam that one now. Nice. Whole different game now. Uh, uh, fun factoid: uh, Mortal Kombat 11 features both Robocop and the Terminator as downloadable characters. Nice. You can get your Robocop versus Terminator in Mortal Kombat. Ah, man, I just all the Mortal Kombat's. I loved them. They got a little repetitive though in the later ones when you had like Smoke and Reptile, who were basically just clones of Sub Zero and Scorpion. If we're going to go down the the repaint clone, every Mortal Kombat does that. It's um, From the first one, you've got Scorpion and Sub-Zero who are repainted to the same character, and Reptile was a repaint of those. And then in the third game, you get the Smoke Sector, Cyrax, who are just repaints of the same body. Every Mortal Kombat. It isn't Mortal Kombat unless you have one character model that just gets repainted like three times with different names on it. Yep. Hashtag tradition. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. I never played either of these games. Ooh. Um, oh. It's okay. We weren't very good at them. So. I, was, no. I, was never, I was never a big fan of the uh, the, the, the fighter uh, genre of games. Because I'm, uh, I'm not good at memorizing combos. I'm a button masher. That's it. Yep. That's yep. what those games are. Yep. And you know, you know who you never try to play against if you're a button masher tyler uh, jones tyler oh Bacon. god oh my god yeah tyler made me look like his little bitch when look. we played um what the hell was that i don't know dropkick the one with no it was the no not dropkick i actually beat him in that um okay uh if it was in my place it's probably injustice that's it injustice he was yeah. aquaman 
Yeah, Aquaman. Let me put it this way. Uh, shout out to Don Bacon and Taylor Jones, who may or may not be listening. Hey, guys. Um, those guys are big fighting game dudes to the point where they have their own custom-built control boxes. Wow. So they can play arcade-style when they're playing. On, and literally, playing against Tyler is frustrating as all hell because literally you will be there button-mashing furiously, and you will just hear, tap-tap-tap-tap-tap-tap-tap-tap-tap-tap-tap-tap-tap-tap-tap-tap-tap-tap-tap-tap-tap-tap-tap-tap-tap-tap-tap-tap-tap-tap-tap-tap-tap-t
to go off with any kind of uh, actual uh, uh, reliability. Uh-huh. Uh, um, but only in the arcade version. In the console version, I couldn't. I couldn't do shit because um, it was. I remember it was. A, it was a quarter circle away, and it was one of the 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 the, the heavy attacks. I forget which one. Um, and Iron Man, if he had enough energy built up, would do the proton cannon. You know, where he would yell proton cannon, and this big cannon that was like half the size of the screen would appear yep. and drop down onto his shoulder. And he would blast, and the blast was literally like half of the screen right in the middle. So there was no safe place. You couldn't dodge it. You couldn't duck it. You couldn't block it. Uh, so yeah, it's the only thing I could do, even remotely reliably. So I played it. That's all I ever did. Did you spam it? Did you spam it like John spammed the get over here? As often as it would let me. Yes. <coughs> It was a thing of beauty. <laughs> uh, see, hey, it's a thing of beauty when you get that move to go off the second time. Like, I think it was this. Oh God, that worked. Oh, that's it. Because this is back before the internet was a thing, and you can just go look up how do I do a fatality in Mortal Kombat. Now you had to learn it through trial and error, and hope you remember how you did it. Or have like a Nintendo Power magazine, or someone's older brother, or someone's cousins, friends, whoever would be like, "Oh yeah, he did it." You did, he, you know, they were all like, and then, "Do you remember all the like the the urban legends of what you could or couldn't do in Mortal Kombat?" Because it was like, no one had ever done it, but like someone they knew, or a friend of a friend, or the guy who lives the yeah. town over said he got to work. Yeah, like, it was like like the the, the uppercut, like the uppercut. The, you had to hold it for so long on the bridge and then uppercut and then they went off the side of the bridge for a fatality or something. And you tried yeah, that, every yeah, different could... like iteration of timing for it. Oh, uh, once you do, you know, you win so many matches as this character uh, fighting against this other character on this level, you'll unlock this character and get just all kinds of like yeah, just urban legends of what you could or couldn't do. <laughs> Oh, the background of that, that's actually a hidden level. You got to do this, this, and this to get it unlocked. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Good that time. Before the internet ruined everything. Oh, so OBJ. Right. Jay, if you haven't seen this, uh, you need to. Because as awesome as giant monsters fighting robots is, and, and that is awesome. I think we all agree on that. The only thing that could maybe get give it a run for its money is giant mutated animals fighting giant mutated animals teaming up with Dwayne the Rock Johnson haven't seen it no <laughs> I'm talking about the 2018 random video game adaptation Rampage starring uh, a ridiculously good cast uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson Nomi Harris, Malin Ackerman, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Joe Manganiello. Uh, this is straight up a <laughs> sci-fi channel original movie of the week plot that somehow got an A-list budget of $120 million and the aforementioned ridiculously awesome cast. The plot is an evil company 
Uh, you'll know the evil uh, because you know the, the company behind everything uh, develops a gas um, that's some form of CRISPR, which uh, reprograms and and cross mixes DNA, and this is like a gas. And their space station that they're experimenting with it on, uh, there's an accident, and part of it falls out of the sky, and canisters of this stuff uh, fall all over the the earth and, and one happens to fall in a zoo where uh Dwayne the Rod Johnson is training his albino gorilla buddy George who gets a shot of it in the face and then immediately starts growing like 10 times his eyes uh and he has to fight other monsters uh like a wolf and an alligator did i mention the wolf can fly because reasons <laughs> it's it's again it is the plot when you write it down and look at it is like, yeah, uh, this is like a shitty sci-fi channel movie of the week. Only it got a budget of $120 million and a crazy awesome cast to be in it. Um, it has again, just one fight to another. Um, like, a runs like a, uh, um, uh, private military, uh, security company trying to take down the wolf and, uh, they think they're hunting it, but it's hunting him. Uh, George goes on a bit of a rampage in the city. Uh, there's a giant, big, climactic fight where the alligator shows up, uh, and then all three of them fight each other. <coughs> George may or may not do sign language to talk with Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and he's his favorite sign might be the middle finger. I don't know what to say. Um, turn your brain off, check it at the door, <laughs> and just have a good time watching George, Ralph, and Lizzie uh, go at it. Uh, that's the girl, the wolf, and the crocodile. Uh, and and uh, the rock will be thrown in, in between uh, anytime you get bored. Oh, and Jeffrey Dean Morgan, uh, Papa Winchester from uh, Supernatural, <coughs> or uh, the comedian from Watchmen, um, plays just the coolest, like, cowboy government agent guy. It just, it's, he, there's no reason for him to be there. He just, he is, and you're so happy he is because every time he shows up, it's like <laughs> he's funny. Um, yeah, dumb movie, but goddamn, was it fun? Uh, it was a surprise hit in 2008. Uh, sorry, 2018. Uh, it made 428 million dollars at the box office. Um, there was talk of a sequel. I don't know if it's happening anymore or not, but uh, really, really fun. Um, perfect primer going into. Godzilla versus Kong. All right, fair enough. Always bet on the gorilla. Wow. I don't even know what to say to that description. You're welcome. <laughs> it's one of those movies. Like, I think I know. I did, I did not see it in theaters, but it got so much like word of mouth, and it kept showing up on like the the top five movies of that summer. I was like, "All right, well, enough. The, this thing made uh, over four hundred million dollars. It can't be terrible. Somebody had to like it." And I think I rented it because uh, I'm the guy who sort of rents physical discs, and I watched it, and I was like, "Okay, this is dumb, but that was really fun." And then Whitney came in like halfway when I was watching it, and it was almost like she stopped and started the screen was like the hell are you watching like it's rampage just is that the rock yes is that a giant albino gorilla yes <laughs> they're buddies yes where'd the wolf come from i don't know is that joe manganello yes is that daddy winchester yes 
What are they doing? I don't know. <laughs> Is he going to fight the wolf? And literally, she, she just ended up sitting down and watching the whole rest of the movie with me. Uh, and now that's one of those go-to. Like, the joke is Whitney always, you know, wants to watch Jurassic Park. Uh, and I'm tired of watching Jurassic Park for the 8 millionth time. So there's a handful of movies that I can sub in and be like, no, how about we watch this? Uh, and those two movies, the two that I can always get her to, to agree with and say yes is um, <laughs> Rampage and Kong Skull Island. Huh. Both have it's, gorillas. Exactly. Um, again, it's it's one of those like nothing makes sense, nothing should work, but enough of it does. And again, completely check your brain at the door and just have a good time. Just know you're watching like a a horrible schlocky B sci fi movie that somehow got um, a decent budget and great cast. It's nice to see that the mighty Joe Young got a sequel. <laughs> hey, and a remake, yeah. Ah, Original laugh, Kong. Uh-huh. Laughing at Scott. Ah. Fun fact in Rampage, the gorilla. Right, who gave Scott a soundboard? Right. That was a slip of the click there. Yeah, I totally didn't mean to do that. Yeah. George in Rampage is an albino gorilla, which is a reference slash callback to Son of Kong, the original sequel to King Kong, where you meet, get this, the Son of Kong, who is an albino gorilla. Bam! Yes. Yeah. So, Hong Kong has son. Okay. Yes, Hong <laughs> Kong had a son. He was white. Before he swam back to the mainland. Was he called... Was it called Taiwan? Oh, man. Uh, anyway. Uh, oh, shit, it's Scott's turn. Damn it. I was like, whose turn? Oh, it's Scott's turn. It is my turn. Yep. Uh, well, I'm going to make a total departure from anything even remotely close to what we've been talking about thus far. All right, let's do it. And give us a movie that uh, I think is 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 a great movie. Uh, I, I honestly don't know how it was received when it came out. Uh, it, in my opinion, it has since come to be known as a classic. That's uh, all that matters. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I love this movie. Uh, it's 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 called Joe versus the Volcano. Ah. This, uh, hey, I told you, I'm not a big fan of monster movies or mashups, so... It's my one-man slow clap, Scott. Ah. Great pick. Well, I'll tell you what. So this movie, this movie is all over the map when it when it comes to what's going on in this movie. You got Tom Hanks, you know, uh, younger Tom Hanks. Um, You you kind of almost want to say in his prime, but I I think he's still in his prime. Uh, Just about anything the man does turns to damn gold. Uh, Meg Ryan. Uh, and they work really well together in this movie. I say this movie because they tried to capture that lightning. Uh, uh, well, they tried to in this movie and Sleepless in Seattle, and they 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 tried to capture that again with the whole "you got mail" thing. And I hate that movie. But Meg, not only Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, but you get three doses of Meg Ryan because she plays three damn different characters in this movie. Uh, uh, Lloyd Bridges is in this movie uh and he's he's great in a in, in any of his comedic roles that he does this movie also gives you abe vigoda 
Abe Vigoda as a chief of a Pacific Island, tropical, Caribbean-esque island thing. Yes, Abe Vigoda. Uh, who decided to cast him in that role, I have no idea, but I love them for it. Um, you got Joe, played by Tom Hanks, who is the hypochondriac and is stuck in a dead-end job. He's in a rut, but he learns at the beginning of the film that he's dying. And in an effort to make his life mean something, he basically takes this deal where he agrees to travel to this tropical island and throw himself into a volcano to be a human sacrifice to appease their god uh, and everything. And along the way, it's... Uh, well, 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 shit, I don't even know the, the, the type of plot, but he, he learns to love life, and he falls in love, and, you know, and he... It cures him of his hypochondria and his rut, and he gets and his groove back. It's yeah, he gets his groove back exactly. And uh, well, if he ever had groove in the first place, I mean, he could have been a hypochondriac, you know. He rediscovers his mojo, something, yeah, uh, along the way. And he the learns un- to eat, pray, love. Sorry, I'll stop now. The <laughs> unsung hero of this movie is that damn luggage. That, that, that he buys for this trip because that luggage survives everything and ultimately saves their life at the end. Um, just a great all-around movie. If you've never seen it, you really should watch it. I throw it right there in the same vein as When Harry Met Sally, which uh, is another Meg Ryan movie. Um, yeah. Joe versus the Volcano. Love it. Okay. A great movie. I always get that. And uh, is it... Um... The Volunteers with John Candy? Yes. I always get those two mixed up. I keep waiting for John Candy to show up when I'm watching Dill vs. the Volcano. <laughs> he hasn't yet, but I'll keep watching. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Yeah. Great left field pick, Scott. Thank you. Thank you. Doc, have you never seen Joe vs. the Volcano? I have not. But I have seen Sleepless in Seattle and You've Got Mail. So I need to complete the trifecta. You do. Especially since you've seen the shitty one. I have seen... I, I think I've, I've seen parts of Joe versus the Volcano, but I haven't seen the whole thing. Yeah, and, it, it, that's not unusual. It, it played on TV quite a bit uh, in, the, in the late 80s. And I uh, have the same thing about it. It played on TV quite a bit. Uh, Probably so, on TNT right now. Probably. <laughs> um, I think it came out in 1990, so yeah, probably in the mid to late 90s. I do, I really do want to see it. It's one that I've been meaning to watch that I just haven't gotten around to, so. But yeah. Um, yeah, this and uh, Sleepless in Seattle are the, the two two great Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan movies. Uh, once again, not a big fan, personally, of You've Got Mail. Yeah, You've Got Mail was kind of like the Sleepless in Seattle reboot to the AOL era. Yeah, exactly. And they're all just fighting for second place. And when Harry Met Sally is the greatest romantic comedy ever made, just call it quits. It's good. You're just fighting for second place now. Yeah. And when Harry Met Sally is my go-to New Year's Eve movie. Well, yeah. I mean, there's no question. Not at all. So. Uh, 
All right, Jay. Any left? What you got in the tank? Um, I'm gonna take us. I'm gonna continue Commander Cox's venture down left field. Okay. Uh, I'm not. This isn't. This is not movie. It's not a movie. It's not a TV show. However, it is an ongoing series. Uh, you can find most of them, if not, I'm pretty sure all of them on the YouTube. <laughs> and I have a favorite. Uh, I can quote a lot of it, not all of it. Um, and if you have no idea what I'm talking about, that's good. Because what I'm talking about is epic rap battles of history. Say it properly. Epic rap battles of history! Epic rap battles of history! Oh, God, I fucking love these. And my favorite is Albert Einstein versus Stephen Hawking. Um, If you haven't seen that one, go watch it right now. Google or YouTube, Epic Rap Battles of History, Stephen Hawking versus Albert Einstein. Oh, my God. If If you're a nerd in that realm of nerdiness like I am with the science and the math and everything... So funny. If you're a geek, not a nerd, Epic Rap Battle Search, Ghostbusters versus Mythbusters. Oh, 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 oh. oh man. There's just so many good ones out there. There's a million of them. Ah, oh, and I I some are good, some are bad. There's um Hitler versus Darth Vader, I think is one. Yeah. Yeah, they get a little off the rails there. Yeah, they venture into some weird territory. But when we brought up a, when you brought up verses as a topic, mm-hmm. the first thing, like literally, the first thing that popped into my head was Howard Einstein versus Stephen Hawking, and I'm just like, <laughs> epic rap battles of history. I love it. Hell yeah! I don't think I've seen that one. Scott, did you say you haven't seen that one? I don't think I've seen that one. No, I had to go look at that one. Oh, yes, Scott Cox. I think if anybody could appreciate the Albert Einstein versus Stephen Hawking epic rap battle as much as I do, you would. I will. Uh, I will watch that one after we get done tonight. And you'll have to let me know if you liked it or not, um, or if you laugh like when I laugh at. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin anything for you, but one of Stephen Hawking's burns of Einstein is hilarious. Alrighty. Uh yeah. Good. Good times. Good times. All right. Cool. Uh, <clears throat> my last one. Um, this was something I used to do all the time back when I was an RA because it was a fun interactive board, uh, and I. I read this comic and I was like this is a cool idea but this is you know um superheroes we love them but we love to see them fight each other <clears throat> and as many times as you can have the debate you know who's stronger hulk or thor thor uh, <laughs> it's really fun to have that argument where it's two heroes from completely different universes and by that, I mean two completely different publishing companies who uh, you really probably won't ever see face off because that leaves things open ended where you can just sort of 
pitch your argument and here's why and you don't fall back on well an issue number blah 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 of this comic so well you know uh, hulk lifted the hammer and blah, 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 blah. You, know, you can't you can't like quote shit which i mean it's comic books you can't really ever use an example as a, like a concrete argument because literally the comic book stuff fluctuates between whoever you know, whatever author wrote it that week uh said this happened so it happened kind of thing um but <clears throat> the Avengers versus the Justice heroes and Marvel heroes, and I would put them in fights up on a giant bolt, and then uh, my residents could grab a uh, scorecard and circle who they thought would win each fight. And then, so the, the, the Baltimore had to stay up all month, but throughout the month, every week, I would cycle out, okay, well, this person won this fight, this person won this fight, so now they're facing and turned it into, like, a tournament kind of thing, where it was, like, an interactive board, and it would come down to, like, one versus one. Uh, but it's really fun to look at stuff like, who would win in a fight between Martian Manhunter and Vision? They're both Vision. strong. They can both fly. They can both become intangible. One has Vision. psychic powers. One can Vision. shoot a beam out of his head. Vision. I hear an echo on here. I keep hearing Martian Manhunter is what I keep Vision. hearing. Because uh, he can shapeshift. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're both green. They both have capes. Uh, the list of fun stuff like who, you know, Green Arrow versus Hawkeye. Um the the one I always love throwing out there was um, uh, for the, the the real comic book nerds, Captain America or Batman. Batman. Um, okay, sure. Batman will fight dirty. Cap won't. Sure. Okay. Uh, Steel versus Iron Man. Uh, it, it, I used to try to match people up as close as I could. I think I had uh, Daredevil versus Nightwing because um, they both do acrobatic fights and have sticks. Uh, I, you know, stuff like that. It was it was fun to match them up. Uh, it was really interesting to see because uh, I ended up the first time I did it, I had to go back and write bios for every character because people would come by and be like, "I have no idea who this character is. What's what's their stuff?" So I ended up having to go back and, and write bios for everybody the first couple times I did it. And then uh, my last year doing it, the the MCU was a thing, and suddenly everybody was voting for Marvel across the board, um, even though Thor would mop the floor with Superman. Yeah, I said it. Come at me. Because um, Superman is susceptible to magic, and Thor is magic. So suck it. It's susceptible to magic. It's going to lightning bolt you. You're done. Uh, but no, it was it, it was really, really fun. And there's there's a, it's based, uh, you know, it was inspired by, I should say, uh, a comic book, which was Avengers versus Justice League, which is exactly what Scott said. It's that thing of their, their universes end up getting fused together. They spend some time in each other's world and like, wow, this is weird. Because uh, in, in the DC universe, it's like, wow, these heroes are worshipped and they have like fucking museums built to them and, and monuments and shit. This is weird. And then in the other world, you know, the DC characters are like, why aren't they doing more to help people? They seem to just fight each other all the time. What's up with this? And then they clash and they fight. And then finally, and this is the moment I loved, Batman and Cap, without even throwing uh, a single punch at each other, stop. And Batman goes, it's conceivable you could beat me about five steps. But I think we both see there's something else going on here. And Cap's like, yeah, can we not fight and just figure out what's going on? Uh, like yeah. They do the thing you always want to see your heroes do, which is like, yeah, we could fight for a few pages, but we both on here. You just want to get figured out what this shit is about, you know, life back to normal. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that thing. Yeah. 
So um, it's fun. Uh, yeah. Was this the crossover where when they first meet, I think Hawkeye leans over to somebody and he says, he's looking at the Justice League and he's like, uh, Samir, these people remind you of the Squadron Supreme. That may happen. I haven't read this in a while. And, and he says, he goes, 10 to 1, they're being mind controlled. So, yeah. But she never. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's a uh, it, again. It, they end up figuring out something's going on, and they work together. They're to figure out. Uh, there, there's two giant godlike characters from each universe who put them together to see who'd you know who'd, for a bet or something, and they send them on a task to get all these random uh, artifacts from each universe. And yeah. um, then they're like this third issue, I think, ends up being this weird um, where their universe is refusing together. And uh, their memories are kind of getting hazy. So all of a sudden it's like Hawkeye stayed behind and became a Justice League member. And he started dating Black Canary. And like, th- like these things start to go wonky. Um, up there, yeah. Yeah, uh, not to be confused with the 90s crossover, which was Marvel versus DC, which is also really cool. Uh, yeah. But it's very, very, very 90s. Um, where the universes ended up getting fused into the Amalgam universe, where you get characters like Dark Claw, who is Batman fused with Wolverine, uh, Super Soldier, who's Cap fused with Superman, Iron Lantern. I'll let you figure out who got fused together there. Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah you nailed it. Yeah, in <laughs> one man. Back to that, the the, uh, the Avengers uh, Justice League crossover, Cap Batman. Yeah. Uh, that was one where they were they were in a sewer, weren't they? When they were fighting, I think they're on a rooftop. But again, I haven't read this in a long time, and I did not bother to pull my copy out and reread it before this episode. They, they so. did fight, and they they fought because they had to. They were being made to fight. They couldn't not fight. But during the fight, they were talking to each other, and they were they were figuring it out. They weren't fighting to win. They were fighting to stall for time. The, that might be the crossover thing, because uh, the one I the one I'm thinking of, if my memory is correct, that they're all on a rooftop, because uh, mm-hmm. they they literally come together on a rooftop. They're facing off. Superman starts giving some speech. Uh, that's all you know, like noble and heroic and shit. And Thor is just like bored and throws a hammer in his face, and they all start fighting. Um, yeah, I'll have to dig it out. Because uh, yeah. yeah. The two different because this one is just the Justice League and, and the Avengers, uh, whereas the other, the Marvel versus DC, was the entire Marvel and DC universe. Um, it wasn't limited to just those two teams. Yeah, because in that one, Superman fought Hulk, and they were out in the desert. Yes. Yeah. Now, this uh, one, Superman full on gets a meal near to the face. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I remember, I remember when when the Amalgam comics came out, uh, we you know. Uh, my my friends and I we were we were in high school or just out of high school, and uh, we 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 we, had, we played a lot of role playing games at the time, the, the old pen and paper, and uh, we played uh, the the Marvel superheroes role playing game published by TSR, and my game master uh, Jeremiah he uh, uh, he he ran a campaign where we all made amalgam characters we made our own. Uh, oh, uh, and I mashed up uh, 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 Bruce Wayne, Tony Stark, and made the Iron Bat, uh, and uh, I, I really enjoyed that one. Um, I remember he, he he couldn't fly, but he had uh, the the boot jets could could let him jump really high, 
basically mm-hmm. they just assisted his jumps. So he had right. a typical six hyper leaping. So next week we're all gonna make it our amalgam characters. <laughs> but uh, no, down. so if you, if you're a long time listener to the show, uh, forever ago we did a tournament. That was the superhero SmackDown tournament uh, where you could all vote for who would beat whom. And, and this bulletin board and this comic uh, are what that was born out of, which is I love doing that. I love putting the tournament bracket out there and, and letting people just go nuts and see who, who people think would win in a fight. Because really, that's what this whole episode was about. Vision who would win in a fight. <laughs> Robocop or Terminator, uh, giant rope, flying wolf, or uh, uh, albino gorilla, <laughs> giant robot, Freddy or Jason, giant robot, every time, giant robot, Dalen Tucker or evil, <laughs> Albert Einstein or Stephen Hawking. <laughs> Any other burning ones anyone wants to get out? Uh, yeah. I know I think it's the, the only one I, I didn't that I had written down as an honorable mention but didn't talk about is Alien vs. Predator, which I feel like I've talked about ad nauseum on the show on other topics, so I wasn't just going to give it an honorable nod. Um, the, the only other thing that I want to mention uh, is a movie I have not seen. Okay. But after, after finding out that this movie exists, I want to see this movie. Um. Rampage? No. Oh. <laughs> Damn. Nope, nope. Uh, so I did do a lookup, you know, of, uh, of of movies, you know, with verses in the title. Uh, just because I was curious. And you get a lot of movies in, like, the 60s and 70s with verses. There's a lot of them in that area. Okay. Um, but there was a movie apparently made in 2008 called Bonnie and Clyde versus Dracula. Huh. What? And, yeah, I looked it up. I had to look this up. And so the, the blurb on it is after a heist goes wrong, outlaw couple Bonnie and Clyde crash a mansion inhabited by the recently revived Dracula. When gangsters meet vampires, there's bloody hell to pay. Huh? I, I, I want this movie. I want to see this movie. <laughs> what year was this made? 2008. Hold on. Yeah. What studio on? made this? If it oh, says wow. Asylum, don't watch it. If it says what? Asylum Films, don't watch it. I have no idea. Director, writer, director, Timothy Friend. Uh, I don't even know where to look and see what studio made it. If the studio made it, <laughs> welcome back to researching while on the air. Yes, yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we'll look into that later. Uh, interesting. But yeah, uh, I saw it and I'm like, what the fuck? And I, I read that blurb and I'm like, I gotta see this movie now. So, yeah, it's out there, 2008. 
Well, if we're all doing honorable mentions, my honorable mention is uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. I've nice. Not seen... It's a good movie. It is. I just I wanted to get the other ones in there that I thought warranted more than that because I'm sure a lot of people have seen Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Um, if you haven't, give it a watch. It's a fun movie. But so, that's it. production companies on that Big Adam Productions and Outpost Worldwide. Yeah, Scott, I'm I'm looking at this and yeah, I hope you lower your expectations. God, I want to see this movie. This looks like it was some shitty ass home movie that somehow got a release. I'm not expecting much. That's good. That's good. <clears throat> All right, well, that wraps up, I believe, today's show where we just talked about <laughs> fun fights we'd love to see and who we think would win. And it's all, uh, you know, all up in the air. It's all for argument. It's uh, it's fun. It's that age-old thing of being on the playground and, hey, who would win? Because um, that's just a fun question to ask. It's a fun thing to explore. There's so many cool characters that haven't fought each other yet for our entertainment. Uh, so let us know what you think of our list. Are there any we missed? Uh, are there any you'd like to see more than others? And uh, be sure to write in and let Scott know why Martian Manhunter would win. Vision. <laughs> Giant anyway. robots. <laughs> this week, this has been your weekly nerd.